get started uh, because it's been long enough. We gotta we gotta begin. We gotta get the show on the road. And what show is that? You might wonder. Well, it's the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number two hundred and eighteen. I am your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. J. Joseph Jr. I am here. I have Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. I too am here. I have now. the illustrious Michael Mahoney. Serving up chip beef and deviled ham sandwiches all day. Oh, God. We're, uh, we're coming to you live from the show floor of PAX West. Uh... Where have we been molested several times by the nerds? Is that what happened at PAX this year? Was there a molestation? No, there was some bullshit about Riot Games. Because we sat, the, we actually sat PAX out this year uh, because we've got... Because we kept getting molested. Well, and... and uh, I didn't get molested enough. Yeah, that's because... <laughs> Ma- Michael didn't go in protest of not getting molested enough. No, yeah. we're already off to a rock star start. Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it it's a place where I could see a molestation happening. Uh, I'd I'd prefer it didn't, but yeah, you can. It's you can see it every hour. Here's the thing: well, if you fill a hey, if you fill a pit with like vipers, you gotta expect to get bit sometimes. You know, <laughs> I did something very controversial. What did you do, Jay? I raised money for child's play for my birthday. Oh yeah, uh, how much? Rapist. How much money did you get them? Uh, I it, only two hundred twenty. I only asked for two hundred, so well, I, I actually went over. You exceeded your goal, then. I've given a child's play before, but I was doing it back when they were using the the like wish list system that they used to do. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Where, where the hospital actually like put up a wish list, and now it's yeah, now it seems like it's just straight cash donations. And yeah, then, I, I mean, I used to we used to do child's play, and by by we, I mean there's like a group of us that would do it a lot and then i just hadn't done it forever and they did facebook just started the new thing where oh yeah you can ask to give to a charity and i was like yeah why not child's play they're probably gonna put my my money straight into the pockets of gabe and tygo but whatever so like the uh the humane society here they have a uh they have like an amazon wish list that you can go and like i'll go on there every now and then and buy like a cat a toy or something that's nice. Uh, I, what a guy. It is nice. Uh, and nice. it also just makes me like supremely sad to see like the really basic things they want. Um, like it's just it's just like Meow Mix. They're like one bag of Meow Mix, please. <laughs> it would really get us through the month if you could just send us that. Uh, and so I, I really like that method of like charity. Um, yeah, I agree. Because I know that they got something they wanted and then on top of it, I don't get a thousand emails every single day. Oh God! Begging me for more money, and like, not to not to get like political here, but like I gave a bunch of money to Planned Parenthood, and they never forgot it. Like, they, yeah, they just they. I, I did that once with um, what was it? Um, Children's International. Like I donated some money one year, and then. It was constant mails every month after that. Yeah, I bet those fucking children were in your mailbox like all the time. They're like, please, Papa Jay, we heard you got, we heard you walking down the street and you were jingling a little bit from all those <laughs> coins in your pocket. Not even that, but uh, I volunteer through MasterCard um, uh, for this um, program where we help uh, basically identify like unidentified minors. In like court dates, so that we can get them like legal representation and shit. That's good. Um, and 
for some reason, at uh, one point they were like, oh, help us spread out the word about this. And I like forwarded the email and, oh, Lord, that was a mistake. And like, I, uh, I look, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and, and, and lay it out here. Uh, y- yeah, like, I don't, I don't like, uh, I, I don't like using like proper pronouns uh, and shit like that. But if you think that I'm, you know, like not a, a soy boy liberal cuck, then then you're mistaken. Uh, and so my other example is I just barely gave. I gave Beto O'Rourke twenty five bucks, and I get two emails a day from Beto, <laughs> being like, "Please, please help me." Yeah, he wants he wants my help so bad, and <laughs> uh, I just I I really feel like I can't do a whole lot more for him. But uh, but man, like it really is a huge turnoff to to give money to someone and then just have them immediately forget that you gave them the money and be like, more money, please. Like, yeah, not only that, but um, suddenly all their friends like, know that you have uh, money too. That's true. All of the calls to action, like, oh no, now the world is falling for this, and I'm like, oh okay, I'll go and fill out your stupid like change our petition, mm-hmm. and then like 20 minutes later, oh my god, now this is the biggest threat. I'm like, okay, dude. So like the I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more. Every day. Mm. I'm a lot more about like personally volunteering because if they if you personally volunteer once you're like they're like they think you're great forever and then they don't bug you like hey yeah you're you're the pretty cool dude volunteered first but if you give them money that's when they like hound you and punch you down. <laughs> that's, um, like I I I I don't know that I. I, I'm probably mentioned this before, but my cat is like a rescue, right? Because there's a local uh, shelter out here, and mm-hmm. uh, I've done some volunteer work with them before. And I like, and then I and, decided the next time I got a cat, I was going to adopt, adopt the cat. Um, that's good because never... uh, because adopting an animal any other way is a crime. By the way, just in case it is, just in <laughs> case you don't know. Uh, so I'm glad that you did it right. Uh, there, there are still plenty of like animal, animal shops, quote unquote, that get away with selling it, and breeders, of course, and all that stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's unethical. Like, if you get a dog and it's less than ten years old, you're a piece of shit. You heard it. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. There's a twelve year old dog in the shelter who needs you, and there you are, eyeball and puppies. I don't fucking think so. Do your time. Get a senior dog. Okay, so, so not to, not to like. To, to distract from the point, but the, <laughs> sure. the cat that I adopted, right? The um, it, it, he was pretty big when we adopted him, right? So I was it was something like fifty dollars to buy a, a, to like adopt a year old cat, and a hundred bucks for a kitten, and then like twenty five dollars for a cat that's over six. Um, so my mom is with me, and she she convinces me to to get this guy, um, and. I'm like, well, does he have any? Does he have a special diet? Do I need to get him like any special food? They're like, no, no, this is a this is a full grown cat. Just give us like the fifty dollars, and you're good to go, and just feed him like regular cat food. And if you watch how huge this fucking animal got, like, it, he was not a full grown cat when we got him. He's just a really, really big kitten. Uh, this, this cat is like fucking huge. <laughs> um, but these guys, like, yeah. It, but anyway, back to the main point is volunteering with the shelter um, and then just like straight up adopting from them is much better than giving them money because giving them money is when they pester you. I I could see that being the, the smarter way to spend my time. Uh, and I've done some volunteer work, too. And, and to your credit to what you're saying, 
you're right. Neither of the organizations that I volunteered for have ever bothered to speak to me again. Uh, in fact, I was at the mall once and saw a, a girl who worked for the organization I volunteered for and like kind of like, you know, like like said hello to her and she acted like I was insane for having sp- spoken to her at all. Like like how dare you, sir? Uh, so. uh, this, this is this is not one of those social calls. You do not speak outside of a uh, volunteer work. I mean, that's that's what I'd prefer anyway. I don't want to talk to anybody, and I don't want anybody to talk to me. So her request is honored and received loud and clear. So to, to, to take this back to like child's play, and I guess because we started talking about packs, um, I did want to make sure whoever I was donating to was like super transparent, and then. Um, I saw a report that PAX, that, um, sorry, that Child's Play has not been transparent in a while. Mm-hmm. And the only thing they released was that, yeah, we agree, we're not transparent. And that was it. They didn't do anything else. Uh, <laughs> don't give us money. <laughs> yeah. They basically put out a statement. They're like, well, if you don't donate, that means you hate sick kids, you fucker. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay. Uh, you know, e- even then. You do kind of hate sick kids. Even then, like, I, I guess I just feel less bad about. Let's just assume they're awful and, <laughs> and they do just like pay their own salaries. At least they're like, well, I guess actually sick kids is pretty low. Never mind. I was going to say at least they're not like. <laughs> no, go ahead. Finish the thought. Well, my thought was like, well, at least they're not like Susan G. Komen, who's like taking right. can- cancer and being like, give me your cancer bucks. But like, I guess they're they're actually probably worse if it's like kids with cancer. Yeah, it's been, um. Hey, sometimes sometimes those video games go to kids that were just dumb enough to break their leg. Well, like you know, when I when I donated to him on Amazon, I remember like the list wasn't. I was as I was reading the list, I was like, these aren't very good games. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, not, nothing's perfect. Like you probably gave them money, and then they probably spent it on like I don't know, I, knack to. I mean, I, I I spent a little bit of time in the hospital, and I felt like we got some really good donated games. We got like the Link to the Past. That's how I played Link to the Past. That's, that's how I played uh, Earthbound, Secret of Mana. We got some good shit. Earthbound. Yeah. How the hell? Like on the Super Nintendo? What the fucking nerd? Yeah. What kind of fucking nerd was like? Queuing your games. Oh, you know there's you know there's some fucker out there who's like, yeah, that kid's sick and stuck in a bed. I'm gonna make him play what I like. <laughs> <laughs> this is my this is my chance to spread the the word about Earthbound, and then we can all get on board for that goddamn Mother Two translation. Would but... you would you not do that? Like, if you could donate a video game right now, would you not donate Yakuza? Uh, no, I would donate like um. God, it's it's a lot harder for video games. It's a lot easier for movies. Like, I want to give them like uh, some kind of like Andre Tarkovsky <laughs> three hour. Like, all right, kids, it's time to watch the original Solaris, and they'll be like with George Clooney, and I'll be like, no, it's much older, longer, and Russian. <laughs> You're gonna love it. You're gonna go crazy for it. I'll be like, great news. I guys. feel like I, I there used to be like a. Uh, so, so the hospitals used to operate. So, you know, their televisions would be like on a closed circuit, right? So you mm-hmm. could pop in a VHS tape and then play that on like a closed circuit or whatever, and go throughout um, the entire ward, like on like a cruise so, ship, like cruise ships, don't... like a cruise ship, exactly, like yeah. a cruise ship. So, so, so you know, you could you could bring in a videotape and whatever, and have them play it, and no one really cared because no one was watching it. So people would, would take in, would bring in stuff like. 
uh, Lady in the Trap or like Little Mermaid or whatever, right? And I would always bring in something like Evangelion. Urotsukudaji. <laughs> All right, everybody, buckle up. It's time to find out what happened to Shinji. Oh, I hope his dad doesn't make that stern face again. Nope, there he went. He did it. I uh, I hope that Shinji does not live with an inappropriate maternal figure. You know, actually, I... I've I've said this before. Like one of the greatest torments of like my childhood was was Escaflone was on Fox Kids. Oh my god! And yeah. They, and, but here's the thing: they only aired like half of it, and then they were like, "Well, I yeah. guess no one cares." And then they stopped. And so I basically just spent the rest of my life being like, "What happened?" <laughs> because because back then, if I wanted to know, it was like you had to buy six thirty dollar DVDs yeah. to find out. And so like my point being is, I bet I bet there's probably some poor kid in like the ward of your hospital who got hooked on Evangelion and then probably like kicked the bucket before the finale or something. Oh my God, that is horrible. That's a horrible thought. That's actually, really congratulating him. that's actually probably a mercy I, if he didn't have to watch 25 and 26. <laughs> you know what frustrated me? And this actually was because I saw parts of it in the hospital was the, I never got to finish El Hazard. Oh yeah. I don't know if he even, like even remembers that. Yeah. That like haunted me. <laughs> I, I'm 36 now. I should find El Hazard and, and finish it. Oh, yeah, you can, you can buy your own games now. <laughs> I'll bet there was like a little kid in, in the ward who was like, Mom, I can't wait to see how Evangelion ends. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet it's, I bet it's with a giant cool robot battle and all the good guys are happy. <laughs> uh, hey, it did end with a giant cool robot battle. And she patted him on the forehead and she's like, you bet, son, I'm sure that's what's going to happen. And then he flatlined and then, and then the episode rolled and she's like, oh, thank God he fucking died before this. <laughs> hey, it, 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 they do have like, they have one of the coolest final robot battles in history. It just happens to end with uh, the robot's organs being tur- torn out by angels. Or whatever they are, by seagull. It's like a seagull-looking robot. Oh, are you talking about when when Oscar gets like eaten or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, I guess that's all right. Uh, it's a, it's, it's like one of the best animated robot battles ever. I mean, it's, it's sad, <laughs> unfortunate, and unlucky. I like to. It's w- a pretty cool battle. I like to when the giant naked lady's head fell off and turned into an <laughs> ocean or whatever. That was, that was more my an speed. ocean. An ocean of blood. Well, yeah, an ocean of like goo, people goo, people goo. So, yeah. Anyway, you, you, that was a really good choice for you to bring to the hospital. I'm glad that it was like it was like it, it, you, you remember it was like what 96 or whatever it was still being released, and they had those middle episodes that played out more like a comedy than a drama. See, and so you've got me back to thinking like, what avant-garde like video game would I give to troll a hospital? <laughs> And the, the problem is, is that they're all on like PC. But so, like, if I could get a boxed copy of that Dragon Cancer, I'd be sending it right over. God, I think it's the last thing you need to give kids in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not going to be super comforted by it, but maybe it'll help their parents. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's. Well, you going... die, and your parents are going to deal with it forever. Yeah, actually, I was, I was just trying to think of like a really uh, preposterous and 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 like head up its own ass game. But you're right that that one is way too on the nose. Like that's that's a really, <laughs> that's a really bad choice. Um, well, you should give the kids Seaman. Oh, Seaman! Wouldn't that be tight if every if every hospital had like a rolling cart with a Dreamcast on it and a copy of Seaman? <laughs> 
And they just. Uh, I feel like Knights is a pretty good game to play if you're sick. They wheeled it in. They're like, it's time for your daily seaman. And you're like, oh boy, I hope he, I hope he has a baby today. Why well, when I die? <laughs> and about a, a, a Katamari Damacy. Yeah, that's a fun. No, but that's fun though. That's a fun, happy. See, I who said that they didn't have to be fun? Well, because again, the, the I point, think that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, to give them their own cancer. The point that I was looking for was something inappropriate to give the children. Like I got you. Like gone home. Uh, the uh, <laughs> what is it? The old lady, the cat lady, or whatever. Yeah, uh, the cat lady about, would be pretty good. The cat lady. Not near Automata. Near Automata. <laughs> Seems like something pretty inappropriate. I'll, I'll actually bet the hosp- there's hospitals that have that. Um, it was a big enough hit. And again, going back to it, these fucking nerds when they donate to like these these charities, I'm sure they're like, I'm I'm going to teach the children of Near Automata, the greatest <laughs> uh, romantic uh, story ever told, and then the children will like it, and I'll have friends finally. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they Only don't. Only they, the way their malleable minds can understand the intricacies so, of nine S's. Right. There has to be. There has to be people, people out there who've done exactly that. Who've had children just so they can show them the TV shows that they liked and have <laughs> someone else who likes them. And you know what this point is? I feel like that it's is like absolutely. Okay. Some of my friends who had kids. I mean, that's. Uh, I don't know. You should. You should like scrape together like a care package of PS4 games that. Includes like Detroit and No Man's Sky and Dark Souls Three. Oh, no Man's Sky. Uh, uh, that could be another one where, like, you know, I guess it's so different now. Who even who even knows what it's like? Uh, PS4 art games. I'm just trying to think of like something that's on a console in a boxed copy that at the same time is like too artsy fartsy. The problem is, is that the PS4 is kind of like as a platform. It's really kind of like the i don't know like the the country music channel like it's just it's all just it's all just good old fun like there's nothing there's there's no like high art uh nonsense and, and no, not in a physical copy no no i i guess maybe like last guardian could that be one night in the woods night in the woods yeah you could give him night in the woods yeah but you can 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 you get a box copy of it i don't think so there's a Site called Limited Run Games that usually does like limited run of like this, like um, uh, like artsy games. Let me see if they had Night in the Woods. I I bet they do, and if well, if, if they don't, I bet it's on the way. But yeah, other than that, like there's not I, really. I I know what you can get them. You can get them. Uh, Life is strange. There we go. They'll love it. <laughs> they'll go. They'll uh, go talk, crazy talk, for talk. it. The perfect thing for a sick kid in the hospital is to have an event where you have to talk to your friend out of suicide and have like a 75% fail rate too. <gasps> inside got a box copy. I want the children to play inside. Yep. I want them to become a blob. <laughs> a big medical blob that rolls to a river. So Octodad has a copy. Yeah. Uh, they have a copy of Deadline. Um, Shadow Complex. Why would you? Oh, you can give him Phantom Pain. There you go. That that'll do. No, him. you should give him a copy. That they, they have It'll be a, like Venom State goes the same thing I did. This could be another yeah. one where you're like really setting them up too, where they're like, "Mom, I can't wait to see how the Phantom Pain ends," and then like mercifully, they're, they're you know they get better and they leave the hospital. That's what will happen. We'll say. Thomas was alone. Has a physical release. <laughs> Boy, there's some real smash hits. You know, you know what Thomas Stallone <laughs> is, right? 
It's uh, a game about like squares. Yeah. What's yeah. it called? Pixels, Lucio. No, no, it's squares. Yeah, they're they're bigger. On TV, than, they're called pixels. But they're made up, they're made up of different pixels. Like yeah, they're big squares. All right, that's how images are made on a TV. No, I'm. I have to say though, like you had a great soundtrack, and that's about it. I didn't. I didn't play that one, so I can't. I can't speak to it. Um, but it's a good choice. It's all of these indie titles. That the point is is back to Jay's. <laughs> back to Jay's. Was it even Jay's question? I don't know. What kind of question is that? How would you torment the sick children in the hospital? <laughs> that was not the question. Well, it's all I can think of. <laughs> it's all I want to do for some reason. Uh, Just shock them with a car battery. But yeah, no, I think that that's I think that's definitely like a thing people do is they make children so that they make a friend who will never leave them. Yeah, no, I already I already said I I can think of a few friends that uh yeah uh, oh I know what you can get them uh and has a box copy you can get them we happy few oh god why yeah that's a good one because how oh, they suffer enough you're never too young to start learning about dystopian futures. <laughs> Uh, don't get them Bioshock. Get get them We Happy View. <laughs> we Happy View. That's like the that's like the game where like you ask your grandma on Christmas for like the Bioshock collection, and she got you We Happy View. <laughs> She's like, well, the man at the store said this was basically the same thing, but better. Right. And do you ever wonder? Do you ever wonder like who who is that man at the store who's like advising? I have wondered that. I, I have wondered like told my parents. Or my grandmother this lie. What 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 was it? Good good story. <laughs> <laughs> no wait, what was it? Say it say it. What like like in in terms of <laughs> oh, what it, I've been like? As in tell us the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, guys, that... guys, guys, there, there's a physical copy of Lawbreakers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just feel like no. I I, I all I was going to say is a seventy dollar collection. Oh, so you're because I feel like it would happen all the time. You were just saying that this is something. I I thought you meant you had like a specific example of like I. No, it's just it's just something that I wondered that too because I, you know I, my mother would come home or my grandmother would like come by and she's like, "Well, the man at the store said this was the same right." Thing. So the the man at the store said this is the one that all the children wanted, <laughs> and and you open it up and you're like, "What the fuck? Even what like?" Do, do, do you remember this game? It was like Dizzy something, Dizzy the Egg or whatever. It was for um, Sega the Genesis, I'm pretty sure. Dizzy the Egg? Um, yeah, it's egg. like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was called Dizzy. I might be wrong, but... The Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy. That, yeah, that was it. Because that someone came one year and like, well, we went to get Sonic the Hedgehog, but they said at oh, the store they said this is basically the that same sounds thing. that sounds so much like something that would happen. Is like you, you, <laughs> your, your mom went out and she's like, "Well, I was gonna get you that Sonic Two that you asked for, but they didn't have it. But you know what? They had this cool spot, and <laughs> right. the the man at the counter said cool spot was just as good, and all the kids loved it." And uh, I don't know if these people are like working on commission. And, and you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, there is a, there's a guy at the at the uh, grocery store by my office who, like, if I go in and look at games, he always wants to come over and talk to me. And, right. And he's, and he's like, oh, you know, uh, this. And, and I made like an offhand comment once about how like I'd already played something that wasn't out yet. And he's like, oh, why? And I, I explained like the just a little bit of the site. Like I didn't even want to tell him that much about it. 
Right. But like every time he sees me now, he comes over and he just has like the the most obvious advice. And he, and he's like he's like I don't know if you've heard of this game that's coming out, Red Dead Redemption Two. But he's like, it really looks like it's going to be a humdinger of a title. And, and get he, the impression people are going to like it. He thinks he's got like this inside track where he's like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You're not gonna believe this. And uh, I was, in fact, he was just talking to me the other day. He is mad hyped for Fallout 76. Oh no! Yeah, he is. Uh, he is on board. And uh, to answer to answer the question, no one asked. That's what I'd give the hospital children. Fallout 76. That might be the that problem, Jared. Like, they would like that. So that's something you don't have to get seriously invested in. It's perfect for the hospital. Ah, that's true, man. They'll they'll get really deep in there and uh, and start nuking each other. And I don't even know who knows what else will happen. It's a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy thing. But yeah, he he's like, and it's the same deal. Like I said, like he always talks to me like I've never heard of any of this, and like he's just gonna blow my mind with like this this little known indie title. He's like, I don't know if you ever heard of this studio Rockstar, but I think they're gonna. <laughs> I think they're really gonna, they're gonna go places. They're gonna go places, man. They're really gonna take <laughs> off. It's gonna be like a crazy, crazy successful thing that they do. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I have a couple of people at my work that like. I guess they know that I I know a lot, but I guess they don't know how deep it goes. Sure. They also come and they're like the same thing, like oh yeah, you know, you know they're gonna make a Spider-Man game. I'm like really. You know what? You know what disconnect I can't get past is the people who don't understand that just because you know a lot about something doesn't mean that you like it. Uh, right. Yeah. And that's I, I noticed it with Star Wars a lot, where like I liked it a lot as a kid, and so I've got like a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of it, but I have no interest in it right now. Uh, right, yeah. And in fact, I think Star Wars is a, is a pretty good example because that happens a lot with Star Wars. In fact, it just came up today. Someone said to me, like, oh, well, we all like Star Wars, like you included. Now, don't fucking put me in that bucket. You don't know shit about me. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know how I feel about Star Wars. And I could, yeah, I remember I remember I was um, invited to like an Oscar party last year. And they were like, oh, man, it's so cool. Star Wars was nominated for like best soundtrack, whatever it was. I'm like, I can't, I can't give up this shit. Like, what do I care? And they're like, oh, we know I, I, you I, love Star Wars. <laughs> or when people assume that you like it just because you like other stuff that they assume would make you like it. Sure, yeah. Where Star Wars like... is an excellent example because I, I don't really care. And people are like... But you you like all these nerdy all the nerdy stuff. I'm like, yeah. I always get it for Marvel stuff. Like nobody can believe that I have no idea what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're like, what? I gave up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe a long time ago. They were playing. Uh, I, I don't even know what one they were playing. They were playing one of them in in the grocery store by my office, and I just made a comment. I was like, Thor has an eye patch now. And right, and that's they, how I felt. I'm like, they, they looked at they looked at me like a bird flew out of my ass. Like they were like, what? <laughs> I think it's I think it's more justified in superhero movies because they're not really a nerdy thing anymore. They're lucky I know who Thor is. Like it's, it's not, you know, uh, nerd culture anymore. It's just culture at this point. And actually, I really don't know a whole lot about Thor beyond his his hammer. I always thought he was like the lamest Marvel hero because he was for time yeah that's the thing all, is all, all these guys were the lamest so the whole thing is like 
Marvel sold the rights to other companies of the stuff that people liked. And what they had to work with when they started the studio was like the people nobody wanted. Captain America, Iron Man. Nobody gave a fuck about Iron Man before the movies. Um, Thor, hey, hey, you know. hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's slow down. When my brother was like seven years old, he was all about that Iron Man cartoon. Yeah, the Iron Man cartoon I watched more of than I uh, care to admit. But I, I'll be honest, the entire time Iron Man, the cartoon was on, I was just wishing it was X-Men, the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I got to agree with that one. So, um, apparently Iron Man is playing in theaters right now. Uh, why? Uh, like a new one? No, like the original. I don't really know why. Oh, the first one. Oh, I like the first one. It's in IMAX right now. So if you want to go see it. I mean, I don't like it enough to see it in IMAX, but I like it. Why not? It's big. He's <laughs> he's bigger than before. He was small, but now he's large. I don't know. Michael, I feel like this must happen to you a lot, where people assume that you like something that you don't like. And I say that because you but hate like everything. Movies in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's 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 your you you don't have a single example of this? Um, are you just that clear with like your old man tastes that people are like, Michael, you like corn cob pipes, and you're like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm have really a... just known as the guy who uses big words. So ah, okay. So everybody been... just assumes that I like thesauruses. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, I know what Michael would like. He'd like a Webster's th- thesaurus for Christmas. Uh, I yes, a... I would. You get you get one and add it to the pile. How about this? You know, How about like, if how I about like get, Japanese things? Oh if yeah, I had to get something for did, Michael. Did I would get him a karate. Hey, hey, Michael, you've been to Japan. You must like uh, geisha girls. Well, the thing about here in Utah is that people don't understand that Asia and Japan are like two separate places, <laughs> or not exactly the same. So a lot of that subtlety is lost on them. That's true. They probably are too busy wondering like what kind of black belt you are. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I, well, here's because here's the, here's the thing, right? Because when we were talking about the uh, discussion of what we would get, what games would get kids in the hospital, I was actually scrolling down, scrolling down a list of games that I've never heard about for the PS4 right now, brand new shit. And one of them is called uh, Salary Man Escape. And I went, you know what? Michael would probably know what this is about. Is it so about being a salary man? Salary man, yeah. Yeah, well, it's not being about a salary man that escapes. What is the escape? What is there to escape? Yeah, what is he escaping from? I, I mean, he's a salary man. I can imagine he has a ton of things to escape: his bosses, his shitty kids, his bad, unappreciative wife. Wife. Is salary man just like the the like quintessential like eighty hour work week Japanese male? Yeah, pretty much. Is that pretty much what they're referring? It's a guy to who has a regular corporate job. Ah, cool. A salary man. Yeah, and those are guys that like go out drink with their bosses and then complain that their bosses bought them drinks and shit. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So I like it when people buy me drinks. I'd rather be calendar. Drinks are expensive. I mean, I can understand how if you like haven't seen your family in three days, you might like to go home and see them rather than go drink with your boss. But I can also think of fates worth worse than that. So well, I you know the 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 thing that I'm working on now that um. That's basically one of the characters. Like she just sleeps in the office, and people are like, "Why don't you go home?" She's like, "I don't want to go home. I want to stay at the office and sleep here and keep working." Um, that that sounds like hell to me. I didn't want to, like I have a pretty easy job, and I didn't want to go to, into fucking work today. <laughs> it's like I don't want to drag my ass out of bed. I don't want to get on the train down there. I don't want to like be in there 
And it's still hot and humid out, despite being September. Yeah. I mean, the job is terrible sometimes. No, I mean, like I said, the job itself is, like, easy. I just didn't want to go to work. So I, I can't imagine the opposite mentality, like, uh, of just being, I don't want to ever go home. I want to stay here, uh, take a sleeping bag, I'll sleep here. No. I mean, I generally like my job, and, you know, like, you and I, I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, after this time, fucking lose my number. <laughs> yeah, see? Exactly. <laughs> Lucian knows what I'm talking about. Well, I, I think everybody knows what... What you're talking about? There's well, I, I no, dude. I, I've gotten emails there's from people at like four in the morning, which I'm making I assumptions use. about other cultures. But you know, I'm just saying, like I, I don't this get that best. kind of corporate for the uh, for the, like I I get the um, I guess the politics of it and the psychology of it, but I can't imagine how you build a society around the one. The one that I get a lot is like people who don't believe that I'm that I don't want to moonlight and do like other. So they're like, my computer broke. Will you fix it? And I'm like, no. And they're like, I'll pay you. And I still say no, because there's no amount of money that they have that will make me want to do that any more than I have to do it. You know what I mean? Right. uh, It's probably the same thing with you, Jay, where if I was like, will you write me a script? And it's about uh, a cabbage that talks to a, Another cabbage and uh, wait, wait, hold on. And I'm, you actually be surprised how often I get requests like that. Don't forget, Sounds like that story's already written. Don't forget, I'm the star <laughs> and I'm a pumpkin. And uh, I, I, I get like a lot of, and then it was actually even worse back, and I, I still get shit like that now. But it was actually even worse back in school because everyone assumed they go, "Oh, you're going to film school? Then you want to make." my commercial about my cleaning service i'm like well, no yeah, i don't want right. to do that i don't think you understand what film school is about and like that what you're making a movie i'm like i'm not making a fucking movie i'm not gonna make your fucking cleaning commercial yeah or like do, do you girls who are like put me will you put me in your screenplay put me in it uh like like change my name my name's candace spell it with a z <laughs> and put me in your screenplay but don't make um, me a bitch. Make me cool. <laughs> that has to happen. Uh, I, I, I've gotten... I, I don't want to like shout anyone out, but I have gotten things like, you know, would you consider me for this thing when I have absolutely no intention of ever doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know, I know what you're talking about because I get it all the time with chicks who are like, will you put me in your Excel macro? <laughs> make me... Make, Make me a part. Make of me it. a function, baby. <laughs> make, make me a function. This is. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. This is what does happen. Like there are, especially when you start doing like film and screenwriting seriously, there are people that you feel like would make like a a good character, and then you take that right and you and you put that in whenever you're writing, and man, when they read it back, they're like, "This isn't me. I hate this." Shit. I've gotten that so many times. I could I could see that in a big way because a lot of times the way that you see people is not the way that they see themselves and like <laughs> right. like nobody nobody thinks they're an asshole. I mean, the president might know, but I think most people <laughs> Oh, he definitely doesn't think he is. I think he I think he has to no, know. No, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. I think he he's, has to know and he's just doubling, so fragile. He's that. just doubling down on it. He's like, "You know what? Eh, fuck it. I'm just going to do it." I think he wakes up every day and he he Google's himself. Actually, I mean, he, he really, 
He really did apparently Google himself for like the first time ever and was surprised when all the results were bad. <laughs> um, so here, did you hear, by the, by the way, this is another tangent, but did you hear the thing where uh, Trump's aides hide papers from him so he won't sign them? Yeah, if that's true, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> I mean, in like, a, in like an awful way, you know, like it's hilarious, like feline leukemia. I, I don't know. I can't think of something <laughs> It's just, it's it's horrible. Or like it's a bummer, but boy, is it absurd! Like it just—it sure is ridiculous. Making the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Um. So it's pretty—it's pretty wild. Pretty pretty cool uh, situation that we're that we're in here. Loving it. Pretty good laughs. And pretty good laughs. Um. Should we talk about games a little bit? <laughs> we should talk uh, about video games work. a little bit. Just just a little taste. Uh, Hey, did you guys know that I, I I did a manga about video games? Well, I didn't do it. Someone else did it, and I just ah, made it. So I knew you'd English want to, people. I knew you'd want to talk it. about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Wait, what? Tell hey us. Guys, what, tell us what it's did called. Did you know that I'm going to? No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything else. Well, hey guys, did you know I'm going to take credit for Jay's manga? I did it completely. Hey, no, that's, that's it. I'm not going to mention anything else. About I don't even know what the roles are anymore. They've changed the roles so many times about being oh, able to talk about oh, the yeah, shit so you work on. Well, I mean, you're, really? you're credited in the, in the cover, so... Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're credited and it's out, I assume you could talk about so it, right? I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I, I, if you want to know what manga Jay translated, go to your local manga store <laughs> uh, and just pull all of them off the cover and open them up until you see Jay's name. And, all right, and... so I'll say this. It is the only manga that's actually about video game development and not just about some teenager stuck inside a video game like the rest of them are. Uh, yeah. It, you know, it, I was actually going to call bullshit, but I uh, got on Google and looked in Japanese about game or mangas about making games. It was the only one that came up. There you go. With some really I, yeah, creepy pedo esque I... uh, covers. <laughs> so that's the other thing is here, here's another fun hint for you is a, it's about video game development and B if you're looking at the at the manga and you're like, oh, I wouldn't have to hide this from my mother. That's not it. It's a different <laughs> one. You need to you need to keep looking I, until you find the one where you're also, like, oh, this okay, is going to so need I, to go between. You don't, no, 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 no. Because mattress. you don't have to hide this from your mother. What you need to do is you need to own it like a man. Oh, so I, you're I, saying I you're saying leave it on my mother's bed. Yeah, just like, and be like, just, I, I, just, I do just, want to say one other thing going, about it. Go into it. With with it in your hand, show it to her. Maintain eye contact at all times, and then just like unzip your pants and go into the bathroom. Well, I would just I... okay. So, so 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 while being vague about this, uh, I will say that I did request this because the secondary uh, protagonist in the manga, um, so hot. She she is. <laughs> By the way, actually, I think I think being vague about this is actually probably worse. It makes it sound like you did something. Like I actually, she, this is probably something where if you just said it, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's not that big a deal." She, well, well, okay, so so, so the second time protagonist, she's like a twenty-something workaholic, uh, but when she's not working, she's basically sleeping or or drinking hard alcohol. Um, and I just wanted to say that I identify so much with that character. I was like, I have to help bring this book to the west um so so that's all that's that's the last thing a hardcore alcoholic not necessarily a fuck up because she she is a workaholic and i do work pretty hard but when i'm not working i want to be in bed or i want to be drunk so yeah fair enough 
All right, well, there you go. So it, uh, on newsstands near you, is this like issue one or what What number is this? This is actually issue two, and I heard it was con- coming out this month. Um, uh, I just never expected to see it. Just I, I, Because on the subject of coworkers, I actually ducked into the comic book store to get away from my coworkers, and then there's my other book. So you don't like moonlighting, but I moonlight all the fucking time, and you have to as a writer if you want to make decent money. Um, so I was avoiding my television show coworkers, and then I saw a book that I made with like my publishing uh, coworkers, and so that's how that happened. Yeah, so, and, and I wonder—it's it's volume two. I finished working on volume three. Um, I I actually just finished working on four. So you know, we have four volumes that I guess will be out before the end of the year. Um, how many are? Is this like one of those like billion? Oh no! Actually, I just looked it up. I, there's I, seven. There's seven volumes. Yeah, there's, there's 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 seven, and then there's like a spinoff. And I don't know that that the company ever does spinoffs that brings them out here. So I know I'm set for the seven. They just sent me the other three books in Japanese, but they haven't sent me the scripts yet. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's it's cute. It's a cute series, and it won't get you in that much trouble with your mom. They're they're worse. No, that, that's the, that's the thing. Is like from what I from what I can see here, this is actually. Is probably like if you if you were a pervert and you picked this up, I think you'd be disappointed. I think <laughs> right. I think it would seem promising at first, and you'd be like, "Oh boy, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do perverted things with this." But then I think you'd open it up, and they'd be like, "We gotta we gotta reprogram the thing and and uh, put this guy in the in the Excel macro," and you'll be like, "Fuck this." It is actually very technical, and I think if anything, if everyone on the Enemy Spine podcast got a copy it would just make us very depressed because it sounds a lot like our work situations. It's not, it's not a fantastical adventure. It's not fantastical escapism. It's just office politics. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that I will not have a copy of this, but, (laughs) but, (laughs) Oh, there you go. Lucio wants one. And and signed by acclaimed translator, Joseph yeah, Beer. I was gonna say if I do get one, I'm gonna need it to be signed uh, so that I can show people and be like, "Look, yeah, sure, look, Jay signed my thing." Um, but I want, I want the sexiest volume, so I'll wait until you've translated all of them so that you can tell me which one that is. It might be volume one so far, but we'll see. We'll see if that goes. Ah, it's never too late. I'm sure that there's only so long you can write this stuff before you start becoming a, a deviant, and you're like, ah, you know what? <laughs> You know what? I'm fuck it. They're gonna kiss. <laughs> so, so I, I did mention that that when go into the comic shop and you see it stacked uh, up next to some other manga, and there's another one that looked far worse um, about a guy watching a girl. But then Michael said, "Wow, that sounds like the worst issue of Evangelion." But I want to say that Michael was actually correct about that Evangelion. It's called uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. The Shinji Akari Raising Project. And what it is, is if you watched Ava, you know, like, at the end of the uh, the show when um, the guy who made it is going through his whole mental breakdown, there's a 15-minute tidbit of, um, of like, a high school comedy Evangelion starring Shinji and Ray and Asuka and all that. It looks like fun and happiness. And that's the last time anyone is happy in the series, period, right? And they did this manga spinoff, um... And basically, if you want to stay out of prison, never touch the manga spin off of that. So that's the warning for that. The, uh, uh, hey. the <laughs> and I can say that because it's also done by a competitor. It's done by 
Dark Horse comics who I have no affiliation with. So, well, this is already this is already a, sh- a great way to figure. <laughs> So if you listen to any other podcast listener, you're going to jail. Just just wanted you to know that. And and mind you, this is already a show where like the protagonist jerked off on a comatose person. <laughs> yes. he, he jerked off. He said you did indeed jerk off on a. So a like Jay's person. Jay's telling you that it gets worse. <laughs> and the, I mean, what you've seen that's so a, far. That's the comedy version of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, now it's funny when he jerks off on him. Uh, you know, like a Lu- like a Louis C.K. sketch. It's hilarious. Oh, oh too soon. Oh, he's, no, actually, he's back, baby. He's back, and he's uh, funnier than ever, or so I hear. I don't, I don't actually know. I don't know. I like Louis C.K., but I hate like the people who like put his fucking comedy sketches. Like, actually, has a point. The thing is, is that like he not too. Uh... He could have waited a year, like at least no, go, well, at least go I, a, I don't care, go a I don't calendar care year. I don't care if he jerked off on somebody. What I care about is like one time a few years ago, I was stuck in an airport for sixteen hours, and I wrote a status like on my Facebook, like, "Oh man, I hate being stuck in the airport for sixteen hours." And so asshole put that fucking sketch where he's like, "Oh, it's amazing to be in an airplane." And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> go fuck yourself. That's retarded. <laughs> you should just be grateful that we have planes at all um, yeah that's basically his thing i'm like i've just been like up for like 36 hours 16 of which i spent in the fucking airport go fuck yourself <laughs> so, well, so so hey because there's just i guess there's a game we could talk about that's slightly related to this but not not the louis ck thing the evangelion thing but before i i we talk about it uh jared do you ever think the fourth evangelion movie is going to come out or you think that's like a lost ooh. cause uh, hmm. I kind of am not sure if I want it to come out. <laughs> after after the third movie, uh, I I don't know. Um, I I think I think that it'll happen. Um, and I, my hope upon hope is that it not only happens, but it's like colossally underwhelming. And... I, you know, it, it, you actually flag an interest, but how how can you tell? the same story i don't know how many times now because there's, there's like uh you have the original series and then you have the movies and they have like two manga how can you tell the same story four times and then like never do it right <laughs> you try to tell it. yeah no that's a that's an interesting question um and and this is one of those things you know how like you, i think the expression is failing upward <laughs> right and I feel like that's something that has really happened to, uh, is it Hideaki Anno? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's basically what's happened to him is like he has failed to deliver in every way imaginable (laughs) every time he's put in a position to deliver. And he writes it off as like depression or budget or or a mixture of the two. Um, But he just keeps getting chances and he keeps seeing success. And I don't know why. People were like, no, no, what? This is the time. This time he's going to do it. This is the time he's going to get it right. So, okay. I, I, feel, I feel almost like it's, it's almost like an Emperor's New Clothes thing. Like, did anyone else here besides me watch um, Shin Godzilla, the one that he directed? No, but, it, but I, uh, I didn't hear great things. So, so well, that's the thing. I, it was the opposite. I watched it. And I hated it, but when I looked it up 
like uh, when I looked up other opinions, people were like, yeah, this is like hysterical political comedy. I'm like, what the fuck did you watch that I didn't? <laughs> because that is not the movie I watch. Um, the movie I watch is like, it's like bad and awful and boring and um, and everyone's like, no, this is this is genius. It's it's hilarious and, and it's back a true form for Godzilla and I, I just don't get it. I, I guess when you have a name that's like that, you could do whatever the fuck and people just praise it. Yeah, and I mean, at some point, like, this is a, just a problem with, like, art as a whole. Like, who the fuck knows? And I, I saw a similar sentiment with the last season of Twin Peaks, where a lot of people are like, you guys know that David Lynch is just, like, pulling your dicks, right? <laughs> right. And, like, he's just doing whatever he wants, and he doesn't actually know anything, and, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, it didn't really change. The, I really enjoyed it, and it worked for me on some kind of level, and... I walked away from a lot of it being like, man, that was so neat. But at the same time, actually, here's a better example. I went and saw 2001, A Space Odyssey. I went and saw it in, <laughs> I went and saw it in IMAX like a week ago. Yeah, the IMAX, the IMAX and BDC just did. Yeah. So, so first, yeah, off, first off, that's fucking amazing. And that movie is fantastic to see in that uh, environment. Um, but the guy next to me, so I don't know if you guys remember that movie very well, but it has an intermission in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. And they left that in. Uh, so right in the middle of the movie, it stops for 15 minutes and just, just silence. There's no music or anything. And, uh, the guy, like, uh, there was this guy sitting, uh, on the same row as me and he like turned around and started talking to this old dude in the row behind him. And the old guy is like, I've never seen this movie before. It's really weird. And, <laughs> uh, and the, the guy in front of him is like, do you want me to tell you what it's about? And I just immediately hated him. Right. Um, because, and he said after that, he's like, he's like, I've seen this movie like six times. And he's like, I really understand like what it's about. And Oh, um, my God. And I just kind of think like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of those guys that watches those uh you know explain videos in youtube and then he just goes pretending to his brother than everybody else right, right. he probably watches them for movies that don't need explaining what was the one yeah that we, of course what was the one we looked up that was like you know it's like avengers 4 ending explained was, yeah it was the oh, oh my god War. there are so many of those now like, like have you guys seen after every single rick and morty episode one of those goes up like immediately yeah rick and, oh, Mar yeah. Rick and morty episode <laughs> explained how, how the fuck do you not understand what just happened in the episode? Like, uh, uh back to this, Michael. Explain. <laughs> the giant heads wanted a, a, a cool song, and then they did a cool song, and the episode is over. Yeah, but um, it's, it's all I, an I allegory. I feel like you don't... So, like, fine, kind of like for the examples we're talking about, like, uh, uh, Kubrick and David Lynch and Hideo Kono, you don't even have to go too far outside of video games for that, because, uh, you know, we have an example. I was actually just playing this game, but... Uh, Hideo Kojima, everyone is on the edge of their seats for Death Stranding, and no one knows what the fuck it is. Yeah, sure. And it's the same deal where, like, you know, the, the more surreal moments in Metal Gear are things that, like, yeah, you could be like, well, I get it, it's this. But, like, <laughs> it, is it? Like, how do you know that they're not just, like, you know, sticking their thumb up their own ass and just, like, doing what they want? And, yeah, I, I like the idea of an artist who just does whatever they want more than that. And it's actually one of the reasons, like, for as much shit as I talked about the last two episodes of Evangelion, I kind of like them. Uh, 
I, I don't think they work in any kind of satisfying narrative thing, and I've totally acknowledged that they don't fit in with anything else that came before them. But I, I almost like that curveball, and I like I, I, I enjoyed. I got a lot of pleasure when I was a kid out of showing that show to my friends and having <laughs> and having them be like so hooked, and then watching them get to the ending and be like, "What the fuck, man!" Like they're, they're I, you know, I, 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 if, you, if you like that, uh, Jared. And I know that the Final Fantasy XIII trilogy is awful, but the ending of Lightning Returns is like she kills God and a bunch of shit happens, and suddenly she's like in a train in France. Like, okay, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. I, I won't even play a JRPG where they don't kill God. What's even well, the yeah. point? That's what that's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it doesn't feel like a JRPG unless you end up killing God in the end. That's just that's just a normal everyday thing that you do in Japan, I guess. Is you know you you talk to your friends, maybe you date one of them, and then you go to space and kill God. It's a normal. Oh my god, how many video games are there that you kill God? I mean, J- JRPGs specifically. I think it's easier to name what JRPGs you do not kill God. Uh, yeah, that would actually be a lot simpler. Or you know, Parappa the rapper. God turns out to be the devil. <laughs> what, what did you say, Michael? And then you kill him. Parappa the rapper. Yeah, that's not really a JRPG, but, <laughs> but you're right. I don't think that Parapper... You know, actually, I tried to play that game a little while ago, and it's a lot harder than you would think. So I can't actually confirm whether or not Parappa did go and kill God. I don't believe... It's like always just a big concert at the end where you mix up all the songs, but you don't kill God. Let's see. I um, I guess you would assume that... It. You would assume that God is the final boss, right? So I'm going to search Parappa the rapper final boss... Especially the second stage. It see, and I like I like that idea even more. The idea that they like kill God up front and then like the rest. <laughs> now I gotta learn how to drive. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go learn to drive. <laughs> Maybe it happened in uh um Jammy Lammy instead. Oh shit, I forgot about that. So um Jammy Lammy killed God. Uh Jack Grind Radio. Maybe maybe he grinded on God. And uh, And then what a level that would be. I, you know, it's not God, but in Splatoon uh, 2, the awkward snatch, you kill the closest thing to God. Yeah, no, God. I would count the closest thing to God. Uh, there's a lot of what that you, in, in like Japanese video games. Because like, a, like, uh, a lot of the Final Fantasies, you have that kind of aspect where like you're not killing... <laughs> You're not killing God, but you're killing like a divine being. Well, in Final Fantasy VII, God is already kind of dying, and then you just kind of stick it in further. Yeah, uh, like 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 Jenova's already on the planet, and she's basically God, and she's just <laughs> dying the whole time, and then you just finish her off. It's uh, like it's like you, so take, you don't you kill take, God, you, take, you kill Jesus. No, no, no! You take God off of assistant living in Final Fantasy VII. Right, but then you kill Jesus as well. Yeah, the the, the son of God. Man, right. these guys are really um, these guys are what really about, pieces of shit. What about um, if God was actually the devil and then you kill him? So like in all the uh, Megaton games? Or Breath of Fire as well, yes. Oh um, yeah, that's a good choice. And then there's usually like a machine that's like also God or like an alien that's God. And that's like Chrono yeah. Trigger and Xenogears. Yeah, see, when when, I, when I think of killing God, Xenogears is definitely the the game that really like springs to mind. I, I, it is named the God Machine, and I, <laughs> you know, think, thinking about it, I what do, if you kill a man that became a god? 
Thinking about it, I do realize that's an absurd statement. When I think about killing God, I think about X. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Xenogears is kind of like the quintessential example of going out and killing God. You know how I am. I I sit and daydream at work. (laughs) 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 Think about killing God. Uh, All of of Xenogears are around God trying trying to pull itself together, and then you're like, no, that's... It's not going to happen, God. You're done. I mean, you know what? You know what's kind of neat about Mormonism is they actually like have a pretty good idea where God is, like geographically in space. <laughs> oh, good. What is it? And Absolutely. so, and so, if space travel was possible, it would definitely be possible to go up into space and. I mean, I don't know about kill, but at least attack Mormon God. <laughs> that sounds like a JRPG. Uh, yeah. Um, more I'm going to count. I'm going to count. Um, Bloodborne and Dark Souls Three, because uh, Bloodborne, you do everything right. You 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 kill that god that everyone is worshiping. Yeah, I think I. And he I, really I comes after wrong. How do you look at? <laughs> yeah, everybody in Bloodborne is an aggressor, uh, so it's really self defense. But self defense against God is still killing God. <laughs> You, you stand your ground God, against right? God in Bloodborne. Supposed to be oh my God, you have a gun and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, God was coming right for you, and he had no choice. <laughs> you you told him to stand down. You told him to get on the ground, and he wouldn't do it. And so what, what option did you have? You had to take him out. See you later, God. My God. <laughs> Man. I just, I guess it never occurred to me uh, how how often uh, or like how much of a theme this is in games, but it's actually really kind of Disque is also really, really good at it. Yeah, uh, on the subject of things that I wouldn't want my mom to see the cover of, um, if this, so that, it works its way into two conversations that we've had today. <laughs> Um, you know, so you were you were saying something earlier when I when I pointed out the um, one of the protagonists of the book that I was working on was 25, and you put quotation marks around 25. But that is like Disgaea in a nutshell. If you, I don't know if you noticed it, but if you subtract the number 1,000 from anyone's age in Disgaea, then you get like their real age. So I think uh, uh, what is his name, Laharl, Etna, and Flan. There's something like you know. A thousand and eleven, and a thousand and twelve, and a thousand thirteen. So oh the real numbers—they're no. closer, like to eleven, twelve, and thirteen. But they put that one thousand in front of it. Yeah, uh, Disgaea is that. Ugh, that that redhead chick on the cover, Etna. Yeah, is is basically just like a prime example of everything that I find horrifying about <laughs> about Japanese style. And like, look, I was a teenager. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and be like, never played a hentai game. I played a fucking hentai game. I did it. And there's always that one in the set who you're like, oh, fuck, I need to skip through this as quick as I can uh, because they just can't help themselves. They can never help themselves. And they're always like, they're always like, I'm 50 and I just got my pension. Fuck you. (laughs) That's not true. We, We all know that's not true. And oh my god! I don't know if you remember the early PlayStation games are like notorious for that. Um, did did anyone else play Evil Zone? I don't think no. so. E- Evil Someone Zone was like this 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 two button fighting game, and um, 
It was like one of those. I I, I forget it was like two point five D or like three D or whatever, but it was really ugly looking. It was oh, like the kind of I, old school. I recognize this cover. Yeah. So I, I so so this. the whole thing about Evil Zone was that um it it took um. It it took it took the form of different like animes that you would play. So oh, you pick one character Lord. and that'd be like the Sentai anime, right? And you pick another and that would be like the big uh, uh gangster anime. So there's one character, I guess she was actually two characters. Her name was Satsuna. Um and she's like a schoolgirl, but the whole thing was like, Oh yeah, she's twenty one years old. <laughs> so she was either like a very, very slow twenty one year old or they just flat out lied about that age to get away with a lot of stuff. She's, yeah, I know she's I know a lot of she's in high school because she's really stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I know a lot of the animes uh did that shit where they're like she's a college girl. I'm like, why is she dressed like a fucking middle school girl then? See, Life is, Str- Life is Strange pulled that shit too because they had these uh, teenage girls they had a lot of fucked up shit happen to but they were like, oh no, they're all they're all they're all 19. They're all 20. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an unfortunate tactic. I wonder how old Clementine is now in The Walking Dead. I should probably look I mean, 72. The new one the new one kind of has you like you don't actually do anything romantic, but like you can tell that you're entertaining like love interests potentially. And that's not so bad. It's not like yeah, but it, it this is the first time I've ever like been in a situation where a game was having me do that kind of stuff, but I was it was like a character that I met when they were 8. That's true. That's you know, a little different. You know what I mean? Like that's it's kind of weird and I imagine it's kind of like watching your daughter grow up and pick like the sleazeball kid at school. I, okay, that's a, that that reminds me of something, but it, it would have to be like with the pre-show when you stop recording. <laughs> so I'll tell you after the podcast. There you go. Um, I like the sound of that. It's related to a TV show that's on the air on American television, but um, it'll have to be for not for the listeners. Ah, Fuller House. I feel you. <laughs> I know what's up. Fuller House is actually kind of ballpark with what I'm thinking about. I mean, it, um, it's been it's been a smash hit. Uh, well, I don't know. Family? I don't know about that, but oh god, no! I if, I would already know what direction you're going in that one. So let's. Uh, yeah, Full House has kind of the same problem. Like, you watch the Olsen twins grow up. You can't think they're hot now. Oh, but uh, there were a lot of people looking at that uh, countdown thing with the were turning 18. Oh, yeah. I remember it being really creepy. I remember, like... It is. It's still really creepy. I remember, like, social media... I remember people, like, taking to MySpace know, to creepy. be like, guess what, everybody? <laughs> yeah, that was, like, that was, like, crazy weird. And I think all of us were, like, kind of more within the age range and i just found that weird it's like why is why is there this countdown for the olsen twins well and like it's probably different for us because we were like you know relatively close in age to them i think they're only, right that's they're, what i was saying they're yeah. only just a little younger than me i think yeah pretty much um and and in fact like they're old now they're old and decrepit and unwanted well they were like decrepit when they hit 18 so that's the other <laughs> thing about it yeah that all those drugs <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, uh, one of them was like super addicted to heroin or whatever. And, oh yeah, she that... like she like kept going into like uh, anorexia rehab or whatever. Yeah, because she was like throwing up all the time. Man, those crazy <laughs> kids. Boy, we sure do ruin children in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, we love doing that. Ooh. 
So Jay, how do you like Phantom Doctrine? Um, oh God, my my. Or I'm sorry, Phantom Phantom ex- Doctrine. Oh, okay. Never, I don't know the difference. I've never heard someone pronounce Doctrine that way, but it's I I, I, I call it so doctrine. wrong. Is it supposed to be Doctrine? I I say Doctrine. It's you, you, the hell you do. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, you've definitely said doctrine, but but that's okay. I'll allow it um, because it, I'm fine either way. Uh, <laughs> this game was the same people who did Hard West, which I remember Lucio playing and like half enjoying. See, that's the thing, and it's like Hard West too, because I I I kind of there's a lot about Hard West I like, and a lot about Hard West I don't like, and Phantom Doctrine is the same thing. It's like. There's a lot about it that I find enjoyable and a lot that I don't find enjoyable. So um, they might have a very similar issue in terms of like pacing in general. Because um, Hard West had a very weird pacing where it, basically each time you started a story, it would just kind of reset you from the beginning and you would start uh, clean with characters. Am I getting this, this, this right, Lucio? Is that how it played out with Hard West? It's been a while. Um. Lucio wandered away. <laughs> well, anyway, th- so so keep in mind, I had played, I was playing um, Phantom Doctrine, and I think I had did something, I, I've encountered something like four battles or whatever, right? And a lot of it is because you can, you can have to position your characters around the map, and it's a map of like, you know, of um, the planet during the Cold War, so you have to I, I started out as the KGB campaign because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to, um, you know, you, you can start with the regular campaign and then there's the extended campaign, which gives you both sides of the story. And I'm like, I'm only going to do a, one run through of everything. So let me start with KGB because I want to end as the CIA. And apparently there's a more sad storyline that you have to play as well. Um, and so I started out as the KGB. You have to position your guys all around different uh, cities in Russia and have them do some legit spying and navigating the territory and there are a lot of dead ends that you follow up but every once in a while um, you'll hit a hot spot and then when you're at that hot spot you get some actions you can perform and you can either like if you're lucky you'll find people to recruit or you'll find uh, some place to establish a base if you're unlucky you'll find enemies and you can either try to disrupt their operations or just go in and fight them. And usually, you know, you're spread so thin that an operation or two is going to get away from you. So I've had a few times where I figured, okay, I missed this operation. Let me send my agents in and just attack them and squash it like that. So, so keep in mind, this happened to me like four or five times. And I, I went into these four or five different battles, um, cleaned up, sent in my guys with their disguises and, and sent a couple of heavy hitters and uh, my people who would be like snipers or spotters or whatever and, and clean up these maps. And then you also have to keep in mind, these are like pretty long battles. Like if, if a battle goes smoothly, maybe you can wrap it up in like 15 to 30 minutes. But if a battle goes poorly, then you could be stuck in there for an hour or more. Um, can you? I I have two like tactics game oriented questions. Can you save oh. like mid battle? Yes. And um, wait, did I have two? Maybe that's my only Can question. Can you save <laughs> Can you that's save what asking. Well, yeah, that's basically what I want to know. If if the guy that I named after like one of my friends who I like dies, can I rescue him? Yeah. So so save scumming is really easy, and and keep in mind that I actually had to move to 
the PlayStation 4 because um, their optimization for the game is horrible. And it's they I, I believe they use Unreal 4 and they just have the settings so jacked up and it's so unnecessary for what they're doing that it's it's heavy on even my my computer, which isn't new, but it's not so old that it should be chugging with a game like this. So um, um, so to answer that question, the saves coming is pretty easy. You can go back a couple of paces and all that. And there's a lot of auto saves and all. But. Uh, this was about the pacing. So keep in mind that I, I have four battles under my belt now. Um, and then the game automatically triggers a battle between my guys and the KGB and the Gru. It's like, you know, the Gru is co- the group are coming in for the safe house. And it occurs to me this is a tutorial battle. And a couple of other automated things happen. Like they automatically take an agent away from you and like, oh, you have to deal with random consequence. But it's like, you know, I'm... I'm six hours into the game and you're still doing tutorials. <laughs> this is this is not well uh, uh, paced at all. Um, and it's just it's just I think that's kind of like the most off-putting thing about it because you can do all this progress, all this work, and you still realize that you barely scratched the story because they're still taking you through kind of tutorial modes or whatever. Um, the story itself so far is very kind of potboiler. So it's nothing any more engaging. Like if you watch the new Jack Ryan series that's on Netflix, you're going to get like, or sorry, Amazon, you're going to get the same thrill as playing Phantom Doctrine because it's just not anything else other than then. Oh, there's a super secret shadowy organization that's actually manipulating the KGB and the CIA and Mossad from uh, behind the scenes and you have to stop them. And um, um, and they, they, they try to make it, sound a lot more intense than it is because you're like oh how can they manipulate the group against the kgb that's crazy but you, you don't care <laughs> you don't really care uh so there are a lot of ex-comish elements about it um i guess before i go into that i'll talk a little bit about the actual investigation process because sending your characters around the map is part of it but the other part of it is looking for intelligence documents and if you find a piece of intelligence, you can set some agents on it to start to pick the intelligence apart. And you can also do some detective work yourself, but it's really about just looking for code words, highlighting the code words, and then, you know, connecting the pins. And it's just not very interesting. Like I got, an, for example, I got an entire file on um, MKUltra, which is, you know, the real program that we had investigating psychic powers and all that. And it was just find a couple of code words about MK Ultra. Oh, congratulations, you did it. Here's a little extra money. Here's another secret agent for you. And um, it's got a lot of the spy theming, but it's just not a very engaging spy narrative, I want to say. Um, and there are some other things that I feel like they're XCOM-ish like, innovations, and it's a cute Cold War spy take on it, but it doesn't really do anything with it. So, So one example... Um, is like all of the agents that you recruit will be from different organizations aligned with the country. So you don't, you're not, you know, getting a character from Japan or the United States like you would in XCOM. You're getting a character that's like from um, MI6 or, um, you know, they're from the Stasi or whoever else was kind of operating during the Cold War. And so that's what they're doing instead of nationality. And it's it's like I, I guess it's kind of interesting set decoration. Like it's cool to have like an American, and oh, it's not that they're American; they're from like the Navy SEALs or the CIA. 
but it doesn't mean anything. Or at least I don't think it means anything in terms of the stats because I'll get someone, um, you know, from one organization and their stats will be exactly the same as someone else from another organization. Um, and that's just kind of the whole thing. It just feels like that they just took XCOM, they put in this Cold War um, a, a paint over it, and then just sold it as a Phantom Doctrine. And So <sighs> there was uh, something that was pitched to me when I saw the game at PAX originally that I thought was really cool, was they talked about this idea where maybe like an agent that you had would be lost in battle and... In XCOM, they'd, they'd just be dead, and that would be it. But in this game, they were presenting us with a scenario where, like, this person was lost in battle, but later on they came back, and it was up to you to, like, determine whether or not they were brainwashed or a double agent or something along those lines. Oh, that, that, that definitely happens, and that's happened to me a few times. It's just not as interesting as it sounds. So yeah, that's too bad. I... Yeah, I mean, I've, I so you, you get a danger bar, right? And the, the bar, basically, it means, um, uh, uh, well, you get two individual bars. The first bar is for your overall safe house and how much danger your safe house is and being spotted. And if your safe house is figured out, then you'll get random attacks just to deal with. And the other bar is for the status of your individual agent. So each time you send an agent into a mission, um, that bar will grow just a little hotter and then, um, you know, their cover is blown. And so you can't use them in some of the kind of secret sneaky ways. So, so, so the one kind of credit I will give to, to Phantom Doctrine is that she can do a lot to kind of tip a battle in your favor before combat actually begins. So you can send in people with disguises to um, uh, sabotage security systems and uh, clean away bodies and all that kind of things. You can send in uh, people to kind of scout out the area um, and, and have telescopes identify enemy positions and have snipers just remove people from the map. Uh, so that's all great. A lot of that really requires that you catch an operation um, before it blows up in your face and sabotage it ahead of time so that you can go and do all the cool super secret spy stuff. Um, so that's great. The mechanic you're talking about doesn't really mean a whole lot because if an agent is blown up, you can change their identity and then they're reset back to zero and they're no longer in danger. If your base is blown up, you could just move the base and it costs a little bit of money, um, but you're likely doing all sorts of things to launder your own money and, and get a whole bunch of finances in. So it does, it's not all too damaging. Um, and and, and, and the, like I said, the few spy innovations that are there, the ability to go into a map and do kind of sneaky spy shit, stealth shit, um, the fact that instead of nationalities, you have agencies and cartels that they're associated with. That's all great. I wish they went a little more in that direction. So, for example, in XCOM, um, you can research, you know, alien technologies and then have cool new alien gear that you can give to your guys. Uh, Phantom Doctrine, they, they, um, they do a similar kind of research path, but it's all very kind of grounded weaponry. You're not going to get any cool james bond or mission impossible spy gadgets it's just like oh i can develop an ak-47 now so let me do that um and so that's boring um so it really does pay off to kind of stick to the stealth a little more than actually going into the combat but even then i I think there's not just as much as variety so to go back to that mechanic if you get an agent lose them in battle and they come back and you have to make a decision as to whether or not they're suspect 
even if you decide to keep them, it's not that dangerous. And if they do prove to be a piece of shit later on, you can execute them. And that's kind of that. <laughs> so, um, uh, a lot of good ideas. They just need to go further with it. So overall, um, what did it cost? It was like thirty four ninety nine. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. If they dropped it, that bad boy down to twenty, would you say pick it up? I'd say so, if, and especially if you like XCOM, because it is just a, a slightly differently flavored XCOM. It's not as good as it, but if you're like really jonesing for an XCOM like, it's uh, it's it's not bad. It really isn't. I I like it. It's got its charm, but it's not something that I can say. Oh yeah, this is fantastic. I want to play it. Um, I think it's a sale so. game for me. Like, and it it I don't know. The production value actually looks really good on it. But for some reason, like 40 is just too much. Like, I'm just I'm not willing to, yeah. to go that high, especially when like XCOM 2 goes on sale for less than that. I'm also, you know, there, there's something else that I haven't actually tested yet. And it's the fact that for both campaigns, you get something that XCOM um, doesn't give you. And and um, those are the special agents for your campaign. Um, I always forget what the name of the CIA agent is. The, the name of the KGB agent, their name is Kodiak. So they're the one that you roll up up front. Um, they get a special stat called loyalty, which means they, you can, you know, no one can ever flip them. They're always loyal to you. They're essentially the main character, and they have a lot of story. Like They interact a lot with um, other characters, but especially the director of whoever. Um, and I've never tried a battle where I... like. In, potentially gotten them injured so i have no fucking clue what happens if they die um i should test that so that's the, that's the one thing that's different about XCOM. and i feel like between having an agent that's an actual main character and the auto safe system it's probably a little easier with XCOM, and especially after you start mastering your spy skills um uh, like disguises can be absolutely overpowered and and absolutely let you dominate a map without ever firing a shot so there's that as well. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's got its charm. I do think 40 is a bit much for it. I do think it's a sale game. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's really from one of those things, if you're going through serious XCOM withdrawal, that's the game you can get that's mm-hmm. close enough to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good to know, nonetheless. Um, cool. Well, I think that that's actually probably the only game that we're going to cover this week uh we're too busy talking about what games when we get sick kids although i will mention just because michael asked uh you asked what if i was enjoying yakuza kiwami and uh yeah it's pretty good that'd be my All right. that'd be my sentence i really like the uh the it has a system called the majima everywhere system <laughs> where uh goro appears just like in all kinds of random pla- like like inside a trash can or like uh <laughs> or like you you'll go to bowl and there he is and he's like no you're bowling with me or you go to play you know any kind of game or do whatever and you get to a point where he's just he's, he's definitely everywhere uh so that system has worked out really nicely uh and has has met all my expectations um I've also found that that is a game... Normally, I, I don't like getting fucked up and playing video games because I find I make bad decisions and then, like, overwrite saves. And I <laughs> I did it with Just Cause 3 where I got really fucked up and played a bunch of it. And then when, oh, I came, no. when I came back to it the next day, I was, like, lost and I didn't know what was going on. And it was really rough. Um, 
but uh but this game to be to be to be fair i did that with like mafia 3 and i found out that's the only way to play mafia 3 see and i found that the yakuza i've been able to just like really grind out a lot of xp in that game i can't follow the story at all i can barely follow it when i'm sober um but i've been able to just kind of like kick back and just get into random street fights and I booted the game up the other day, and I had like 150 experience points just <laughs> sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> and so it's it's been fun. I'll, uh, I'm looking forward to to finishing it and wrapping it up. So it's also if you play Yakuza Zero before playing Kiwami uh, and having never played Kiwami, they actually make a lot of decisions in the story that I wouldn't expect in a million years. Um, <laughs> It, it it makes it probably makes total sense as just a normal game, but like playing the prequel, uh, it like adds so much to these characters that I just assumed that like they were always going to be the way they are in Zero, and mm. they they change really dramatically uh, in, in in this one. So I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's a little weird. I I guess what I would say is like they wrote like like Nishki is like written in a very friendly way in zero and really does kind of like a 180 in mm-hmm. in one which is kind of interesting I, I just didn't expect that at all i thought that he was going to be like my best buddy forever and it doesn't doesn't work that way i guess yeah it kind of it, it must be an interesting way to play it going the other way around no it's really weird it's super super weird uh because like i said like it just it's not what i expected so anyway i think we're probably good on time here so uh yeah let me go ahead and just take us into. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jay. Did you have but, a final? But, no, no. Before you go, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, into the breach. I just have to ask if this oh. is ever happening because I was playing it. Sure. Um, and I, I grabbed it for the Switch, and um, I was playing it. I don't know that. I, I was still getting used to it, right? And I had gotten about three hours into it, and I had my timeline completely wiped out. Like I, I didn't get to take a pilot back into the past. Uh-huh. I didn't get to keep any of my upgrades, like everything was wiped out. I just totally, and it's entirely because I, it, it, so sometimes purple insects spawn, right? And the first time I fought them, I didn't know they were like self-destructive. So I already lost two pilots and then I set, you know, my main pilot in to attack one of these purple bugs and the next thing was like, oh, game over. The timeline's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I lost everything just absolutely no progress whatsoever i imagine i'm the only person that's ever happened to no that's not that's not true there's there's lots of there's lots of runs that you'll do in that game where you come away with it with nothing Um, okay so that's that's not that weird but having said that like you can change that a little bit by like prioritizing like if you see a pod drop get that pod um, right, because there's a good chance that you'll fail that run, but like, <laughs> uh, but at least you'll be able to keep like whatever was in the pod. Um, right. Well, you might not. You you won't keep like the reactors, but if there's coins, basically. Um, have you purchased like a second set of mechs yet? Not yet. So like, I I'm not even. I, well, not that I'm not far enough to do it, but I haven't um done a clean enough run that I'm able to do that. The game changes a lot once you start getting new sets of mechs. Um because okay. because then you can start like mixing and matching your uh your like bots and you can go with like your own custom loadouts and uh it it opens up quite a bit. Um but it admittedly does take a while to get to that. 
So yeah, you know, you'll, you'll just have to hang in there a little bit and, and do a, do a couple other good runs. But like, yeah, that, that's not weird at all to have a run where like you produce nothing of value. Um, that's that's not that weird. But hopefully, you like at least learned something. And uh, well, I learned not to uh, um, hit a purple bug at close range. Yeah, see, so that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's a good thing to learn. And there's lots of dumb shit like that that I've learned. Like, oh, can I step on this landmine? No, I can't. Like, no, you can't do that. There's a lot of yeah. Stay little... away from jets. I've learned as well. Yeah, jets. Jets are bad. Um, and by the way, the game's not super obvious about this. So I'll tell you something that I think is really helpful. Maybe you already know this. Right. If you click in the right stick, it will show you the order that all the enemies attack. Ah, okay. And that is super, super valuable because that is super valuable. Because you can set them up better so that like maybe there's a guy whose attack would hit you, but if you look at the order, you'll see that like another enemy will punch him first, and so he'll die, right. and it wouldn't hurt you anyway. And so yeah, like like, like I, th- I think that was like the biggest shock because talking about like tactics, uh, RPGs, Phantom Nocturne is a uh, definitely that like. Old school tactics. I, I, I'm finding Into the Breach plays more like a board game, and you just have to know positioning and where to put the pieces so that they do what you want, yes. <laughs> what the enemy wants. So, like, that's a that's what takes you a little while to kind of realize is it's not really like an XCOM game. It's more like a I don't really know how to describe it, but it's more like a puzzle. And, yeah, and um, you'll 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 eventually get a feel for like how best to deal with people. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with that timer because, like I said, there's a lot of times where you will end a turn and you'll be in, like, grave danger, but because of the way the enemy attacks play out, they wind up, like, killing each other before something bad happens. Uh, Right. And so the sooner you can identify that, like, the better off you'll be. And there's a lot of times where, like, I thought I needed to, like, stop someone that I didn't, and I was actually able to, like, go block another enemy from spawning in or or do whatever. So you'll, you'll get a feel for it as you go. Um, that's good but it's it's kind of that's one of the things that i think is really cool about that game is you really do get a feeling of like learning really quickly and like adapting and you you get a lot better at that game really quickly and you'll notice it as you play so right yeah anyway uh this like i said this will be our stopping point so uh so hey if you enjoyed our podcast about killing god today I'd highly suggest you go subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, we have 214 more just like it. Yeah, yeah. Go go listen to the to the other ones. They're all about. We love talking about killing God. It's mostly what we talk. It's most of what they're about. Uh, but go check those out. Go subscribe to us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. Uh, keep an eye out for us on the Pax West show floor. Uh, Lucio's wearing a, a big anime T-shirt and a Naruto headband. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but don't don't molest me, please. Don't molest him uh, unless he unless he winks. If he winks at you, that means that he wants it. So molest me. Molest Michael. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's the one who looks. Michael has not been molested enough, and he's jealous. Yeah, that's that's true. what I come here for. He's upset. So uh, all right, I think with that, we're out. <laughs>